This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, July 13th, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Chris Novoselic is best known for, in his words, playing bass on all those Nirvana records. But he spent years studying election processes and how the will of voters might be expressed differently under a variety of statutory changes. We discuss the case of Citizens United, his conclusion for fans of overturning the case, this is not the reform you're looking for. We spoke in June. Well, there's a couple things that uh, compelled me to write my piece on my blog about Citizens United. First was I just graduated from Washington State University and I needed to do an independent study paper. And so um, I got a degree in um, social sciences, a bachelor of science degree. And uh, I needed to do some independent study and I wanted to look into like, what is this Citizens United? Because if you go online or, you, you know, you get your politics off of Facebook or wherever, it's just like the Citizens United is like a Godzilla movie, you know, like he picks up a bus and he throws it back down. He karate chops a building and wades through power lines like it's this disaster in the psyche of millions, you know, like Godzilla, Citizens United is just destroying our democracy. And it's like, what, you know, wow, this is, this is really terrible. And so I looked into it and it's basically what the ruling did was, um, it shut down repeal or shut down, uh, prohibitions on independent campaign expenditures. Like that's it basically. Oh, and it also said that, um, you need to disclose. Uh, it was really good for disclosure in campaigns. So that's like the reality of it. And then there's the narrative and there's a political narrative. And so like, say, you know, Bernie Sanders is a, is a good example is like, you know, the Citizens United campaign is devastating, you know, and then you go on his website and he basically claims that Citizens United is responsible for this so-called dark money and it's not. It's Congress is responsible for this dark money because I think that Congress should pass comprehensive um, public disclosure legislation on people who are contributing our campaigns. Because as is the Citizens United ruling, as the Supreme Court said, that there's a public interest in people knowing who's giving money to campaigns. Your conclusion is is pretty much opposed to, I think, what is the dominant narrative about Citizens United, which was that it's a terrible decision. It uh, uh, makes corporations into people, uh, which is, of course, in certain certain aspects, is not a new thing at all. no, it doesn't. That whole corporations is people. That's another thing that just captured the imagination. But a corporation, corporations are group is a group of people. Okay, so I'm sitting here doing this podcast, and I'm looking at a computer monitor, a microphone, a desk, a lamp. Those are things. Okay, but a corporation or an association are a group of people, and groups of people ought to have rights. It's a pretty basic concept, but what do you think uh, the people who uh, are opposed to the Supreme Court ruling, what do you think that they misunderstand? Well, I think on the left and right, 
there's this whole aversion to political association. I've just finished this book by Seth Maskett, and who's a political scientist from Colorado, and it's called The Inevitable Party. And it's basically about 100 years of like anti-association rules passed by the various states, nonpartisan elections, uh, partisan primaries. And um, what have what have the effects been of this? And so if you think that just uh, uh, reinstating independent campaign expenditures, is that just going to magically fix all that's wrong with our democracy? It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, we have this really dynamic election system. I mean, we have single member districts, winner take all elections. States have runoffs. We have these partisan primaries. What is the effect of that? Okay, and so you have a hundred years of these of these uh, 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 election so-called reforms that were put in a lot of them during the progressive era. Like, what is the effect of that? But people ignore it. Okay, so you don't have a holistic approach to what's wrong with our democracy. It's just like we need to put these these uh, slap on these other reforms. We need public financing of campaigns. We need uh, citizens. We need to repeal Citizens United. We need to have uh, uh, nonpartisan uh, primaries, these top two kind of deals. And it's just like, why don't you look at the system that we have in place and then maybe we can have some kind of comprehensive reform. But And so what I wanted to do with, with my article is just say, hey, just look into things a little bit. Okay. And so like I'm the chairman of Fair Vote, the Center for Voting and Democracy, and we don't uh, campaign finance is not in the scope of our work. Our work is about like electoral systems and, you know, proportional representation, rank choice voting. It's those kind of things that are that, that are a comprehensive reform. OK. And and so what I'm trying to do with my piece is just to get people to think about things a little bit. But it's hard to do that because you have these like campaign narratives. We need to build a wall. We need to check Obama's birth certificate. We need to uh, uh, repeal Citizens United. It's just like, wow. It's so basically there's all these like myths or these narratives that capture people's imaginations. And so it's hard to, you know, get your message out there. Do you think part of the reason that uh, so many people uh, think that Citizens United was a bad decision is in part that they actually don't have a very high regard for free speech to begin with? I think a lot of it just fits a populist narrative. Is, is just like that's what's been infused in the public discourse. It's just like Citizens United is bad. Citizens United is bad. It's a terrible decision. And it's just repeated over and over again. And it just captures people's psyches. And it's just like, and what a prank. Okay, so we like earlier, I was, I was, we were mentioning um, political association and groups have rights. So somehow the term lowercase c, lowercase u, Citizens United is bad. Last time I checked, Citizens United is good. United we stand. I pledge allegiance to the flag, one nation under God, indivisible. And then you get these. Politicians are saying Citizens United is bad. Citizens United is bad. Whoever thought up this prank was brilliant. Okay. It's like Orwellian mind control or something. Okay. Citizens United, lowercase c, lowercase u, is good. Let's get together, folks. Right. We should need we need to have a stronger association tonight. I'm going to my Grange meeting. We're a community group. Okay. We volunteer our time and energy to make our community better. 
Okay, that's association. We ought to have rights. Okay, there's this whole concept of forced association. If we, we don't, if we don't want to have somebody among us. I mean, that gets complicated. But basically, it's just like we're a private group. Okay, and then we should have rights. We have the right of speech. Citizens United with a capital C and a capital U. That's it was a good court ruling. Citizens United with a lowercase C, lowercase U. That's always been good. That's what makes us strong as Americans in the United States. We've always had this right of association. It's good. Why do you think this has been such a big deal for people like Bernie Sanders and to a lesser extent, Hillary Clinton? Oh. I was in a rock band. You got to play your greatest hits because then you're out there and you're in front of like 15, 20,000 people and you bring your biggest hit out there. Okay. And it's like, we got to repeal Citizens United and the place lights up. How are you going to do away with your biggest hit? Okay. And then also when you're selling these policies to people, policies are, are can get really complicated. And I, I find that out with just my political advocacies. I'm explaining like, you know, the single transferable vote, election reform. You get in the weeds. People say, oh, Chris, you know, this uh, election reforms are so complicated. Well, then you explain to me gerrymandering all the criteria, the demographics, the geography, uh, uh, what, you know, how do you, how, do you have a couple of days to have like a class on the basics of gerrymandering? You know what I mean? It's very complicated, but that doesn't really sell. So you have these, just like these sound bites. It's just like, it's just, it sells and you get the crowd is cheering. And it's just like Bernie Sanders hasn't even conceded that he's not getting the, the nomination yet. I, you know, it's just like, it's the pomp people, People like that's why a lot of people run for office because they have the pomp and the celebrities. Like I have, I have tons of that. I don't, I don't need it, <laughs> and I know what what the w real worth of that is. It's really not worth a lot. But you got to do. You have to have good work to to you know to really do things. And so you know, it's just a it's a cheap apl applause line. If you could tell, if you could explain in in just a few seconds to the people who disagree with you about uh, whether or not Citizens United was a good decision, uh, what would you tell them? I would say, read the Wikipedia page. There, there's a few seconds. It's all laid out there. Wikipedia can, can be good. You know, if you go to the Wikipedia page on Citizens United, it explains the whole thing. Read my uh, blog. Uh, this is Chris Novoselic. And I'll give you a comprehensive history of campaign finance reform efforts in the United States and why independent expenditure prohibitions, there's state censorship is what happens. There's this tension between uh, uh, free speech and what some people think is is the public interest, and so if you and explain to me why having independent campaign expenditures, why is that going to just fix everything? Like voila, we're going to have this just great political system if we if we get rid of the if we get rid of independent expenditures. You know, I say indeed our democracy is out of balance. The Congress has built a wall around itself, but we need to look on this. There's things that we could do on the state level, okay? And then we need to do these just statutory reforms. We need multi-member districts to elect our uh, U.S. House delegations. No constitutional amendment required, okay? Uh, we need vigorous disclosure rules. It says, you know, I'm Sheldon Adelson and I approve this ad, not... This ad approved by Citizens for a Better Tomorrow. Okay, those are just smoke screens. Congress could do this today if it wanted to, but they're self-interested. 
Okay, so we as a people need to demand these uh, changes and not these smoke screens like we need to repeal Citizens United. Well, that's why it's kind of heartbreaking, you know, and then we have these reform groups here in Washington State and they're just fixated on campaign finance. Okay, well, what if we had stronger political association, which, by the way, is related to um, social networking, okay? So you could have, I wrote about it on my blog, is you could have political associations, even in our electoral system in Washington State could accommodate it very e easily. So these new parties have a good name and you just merge a uh, uh, political association with social networking. However, you know, it's just people have an aversion of parties. They want a new third parties. They want a new parties. But when it comes down to it, they have this old idea that this is in Maskett's book that I mentioned earlier, that parties are bad and parties are corrupt. And it's still like 1916. And we have like these, you know, uh, smoke filled back rooms. And it doesn't have to be like that. If I have to, if I had to boil down what you're saying is that uh – for all the popularity of this notion of repealing or overturning the Citizens United ruling, your message would be, this is not the reform you're looking for. Absolutely. Thank you. A lot of people don't know that Michael Moore actually had to present his film to a government board at one point. Oh, absolutely. And where is Michael Moore on this issue? He's quiet because he knows, he knows what happened. He, he, he has to know what happened. He was in the thick of it. His, he, has a, he has a corporation, Dog Eat Dog Films, and they had to stand in front of the FEC. And then um, I think his name is Dale Klautznitzer, who was the man who filed the complaint. And he actually commented on my blog and said, hey, you know what? The FEC screwed up. This was electioneering. There was coordination between these various political groups. And, and basically, Klautznitzer is disappointed that he couldn't nail Michael Moore, which just underscores my point that you have this censorship board, okay? Then you have these interests and I don't like their message, okay? I don't like Michael Moore's message. Now the state has allowed me this tool to shut him down. I could nail Moore, okay? Luckily, he wasn't shut down. Dog Eat Dogs films and it's Fahrenheit 9-11 wasn't shut down, but it should be be make one uneasy that there was this a statute that allowed the Federal Election Commission to review films. And you know what what Klausnitzer said too that that it was a that it was a good film that the FEC said it was a good film. So they're going to start reviewing films. It's going to be like Siskel and Ebert and then they'll decide what films go released. Well, yeah, and then they they took they went to court. Uh, Citizens United went to court for its film Hillary the movie, which was a total hack job on Hill on uh, Senator Clinton or or uh, Secretary Clinton or on Hillary Clinton, you know. And it's like, why is the state in the business of doing this? And what is the public interest in that? We we as citizens and as voters, we we should have the right to hear uh, any to hear information. Do you do you think the left of forty years ago would have supported the Citizens United decision? The left of of ten years ago would have flipped out if Fahrenheit nine eleven was found as electioneering and banned. 
because that was in the post 9-11 era. There was all this paranoia. There was all this petty nationalism. Uh, uh, there, we had all these new state agencies, this surveillance, this Patriot Act. And all of a sudden, Michael Moore's film was banned by uh, the, the federal government. People would have flipped out. And it, it would have been truly been scary for good reason. Chris Novoselic is chairman of FairVote.org and is best known for playing bass for Nirvana. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.